Southerners have long created the storylines that shape the nation, and in some ways the world. We have planted the seeds that spark global movements. As goes the South, so goes the nation. Never in our lifetime has that been more true. Whether it's fighting for racial justice, ending health disparities, fighting for voting rights by organizing people around common goals, these issues, and the Southerners leading the charge over them, are going to set the tempo for the 2020 elections. This season of The Reckon Interview, we're digging into the stories and people beyond the polls and partisanship. We're speaking with the community leaders and fresh young voices doing the work of building a future South, on the ground and out of the spotlight. If you're looking for another political podcast to handicap the horse race, there are plenty of them out there. But we want you to join us as we explore the Southern issues, trends, and movements that matter most. And hopefully, learn how to plant our own seeds of change. So subscribe to The Reckon Interview wherever you get your podcasts. For AL.com, I'm Ben Flanagan. This is Outbreak Alabama, stories from a pandemic. I want to be open to how this will change programming. I want to be open to the fact that programming may need to be altered for a little while in order for us to survive. And it's just that dramatic. When people are looking right and left and restaurants are closing and, you know, stores are closing and heck, even big corporate entities are, are closing or filing bankruptcy. I mean, this is going to continue to happen. This has been a really tough year. Today, we hear from Rachel Morgan, creative director and lead programmer for the Sidewalk Film Festival, which is now underway in Birmingham, celebrating its 22nd year. The annual festival, organized by the nonprofit Sidewalk Film Center and Cinema, has shifted gears in 2020 and transitioned into a drive-in event at the Grand River Drive-In at the Backyard in Leeds. Roughly 150 movies will be screened through Sunday on four screens at the outdoor venue. The schedule includes the festival's standard narrative features and documentaries, plus short films, cartoons, and music videos offered in groupings known as blocks. AL.com's Mary Calerso reports the COVID-19 pandemic has been a major factor, challenging the sidewalk organizers who are determined to hold the festival and keep moviegoers as safe as possible. The annual festival usually takes place at nearly a dozen indoor venues in downtown Birmingham, including the Alabama and Lyric Theaters, and features other live events like parties, Q&A panels, meet and greets, and other social and networking opportunities for artists and festival goers. Sidewalk's executive director, Chloe Cook, said organizers didn't think that a scaled-back version of the normal event was reasonable. The organization closed the doors of the Sidewalk Film Center and Cinema, its home on the lower level of the Pazitz Building downtown, on March 12th due to COVID-19 concerns. The 11,000-square-foot headquarters, which holds two 95-seat screening venues, two lounges, a bar, a concession stand, offices for the Sidewalk staff, and education space, has been shuttered ever since, just a few months after it opened. I spoke to Sidewalk Creative Director and Lead Programmer Rachel Morgan about how the festival's new drive-in format works, if they'll include the drive-in screenings at future festivals, how artists have responded to the change, and what the future holds for the festival and Sidewalk's new art house theater. So Rachel, in the 22nd year and during an unforeseen pandemic, Sidewalk has transitioned into a drive-in event. Can you give me a rundown on what exactly that means and how the festival is operating this week? 
Yeah, well, you know, what it means on a larger scale is that, you know, we saw, well, we saw Sundance happen, right? Um, but then we see South by Southwest cancel, um, and their timing was most unfortunate, but we saw Tribe- Tribeca go online. And you're seeing tons of other regional and national and even international festivals either cancel or go online or to do. Most festivals that are doing drive-ins are doing that as some sort of a small portion of their festival. But on a grand scale, you know, we decided to go full full on everything at the, every screening at the drive-in. Um, and so that is a very unique decision in the world of festivals. And I think sometimes people, you know, in Alabama and Birmingham don't realize, you know, on a national scale, some of the things that we do that are, you know, I don't know, are a little different. And I think um, in this particular instance, that was a hard decision to come by. It was not an easy one to come by um, and a very unique one. And I'm really proud of it. So that's sort of where we land on a, on a, I just say, on a national scale. But the decision to move there, you know, and I'll tell you, we held on for a long time. I think it was probably, you know, early April, we were still thinking maybe by August, it'll be safe to still hold the festival in some form. And you just get to a place where you know that's not going to be, you know, it's not going to happen. And of course, our first thought is for the safety, you know, of of all the festival goers. So um, we, you know, I think you may be aware we did some pop-up drive-ins at the summit. That was in part to bring people something to do. Um, It was in part to celebrate film. It was in part to you know, try to give people a psychological break from this thing. It was in part a fundraiser. I mean, it was all of those things, but it was also in part a test for the possibility of us doing a drive-in festival. And it went really well. People responded really well. We were able to prove that you could do it safely. Um, We felt really good about that. And so then we proceeded with figuring out where we were going to do the festival and keeping in mind that this whole time that we're figuring these things out and we're still getting entries into the festival, (laughs) we still, you know, we're still having to make decisions on a daily basis about what the festival is going to look like. And so um, we landed at the, the Leeds Drive-In. We did discuss doing pop-ups um, as opposed to that to stay. We tried, we, we held on to the historic theater district as long as we could. But ultimately, the cost of the pop-ups and the amount of, of human power and the amount of close coordination it takes to put those on um, at any kind of a grand scale, just didn't, it wasn't going to be safe and it didn't really make sense financially. So we we were able to work things out with the folks at Grand River and we're really, we're really happy about that decision. It also keeps everything in one place. It helps us to make it feel a little more like a festival. Um, yeah, and I, you know, uh, as Chloe Cook, our executive director, will probably tell you, I mean, I, I, I tend to push for the sort of as much as possible kind of thing. And so I wanted to do the Leeds drive-in in addition to pop-ups around downtown. <laughs> now that we're halfway through the festival week, I'm like, what was I thinking? <laughs> that would have been way, way, way out of our league. Um, but yeah, this is, um, this is a good alternative. Yeah, and so other than people aren't watching movies in theaters, including the new Sidewalk Cinema, obviously, what would you say are the biggest differences in how people will experience sidewalk this year? You know, it's all, it's totally different. It's totally different. I, I'm, I think that what we are trying really hard to do and what, you know, I definitely have felt for the last three days is that there's a little bit of that to be, to, yeah, I know this is sort of a little, you know, sorry to be silly about it, but it's that little bit of like magic about sidewalk is there. Um, it feels, it does feel special. It feels it has a sidewalk vibe to it, not because of the programming, but I think because of some of the extra special stuff we do. And but it's it's not the same. You know, it's not like 
it's not like the magic of magic of opening night or the you know everybody singing together during the Aretha Franklin documentary last year the lyrics that kind of thing isn't it, we're just not doing any of that on a grand scale because we can't safely do it. And we're at a you know much different venue and in a much smaller scale, but you know, the, the magic, there's a little bit of the magic there. And I think that even a little bit of that coming through and in, in the middle of a pandemic and the situation that we're in right now is, I mean, I think that says something. In addition to that, I'd say though, you you are getting to see some of the, some of the best films of the year, just straight up. You have an opportunity to see some of the best films of the year and the way that they were meant to be seen on the big screen with you know, I mean, it is, it's still big sound, even though it's in your car, it's, it's, it things sound pretty amazing. And so, you know, and being able to do that sort of under the stars, it, it, I, that is there and I, it's way better than watching it on your phone or laptop <laughs> where things aren't meant to be seen that way. And plus, not only that, most of the films were screening. I can't say most, a lot of the films were screening. You can't get anywhere else anyway. You know, we do have, we have some world premieres and we have some, um, some stuff that, you know, like even First Cal that you can see online right now, which we screened on Monday night, you that film was not meant to be watched on its television set. And Kelly Riker, the director, has been very clear about that. So you're seeing you're seeing a lot of films in a way that they were they were shot to be seen that way. They were meant to be seen that way. And that is that is certainly unique to a film festival and, and unique to Sidewalk. So have you seen any major advantages with this format? Like anything that surprised you, ones that you might recycle when things get back to normal, whenever that may be? Like, will you bring back drive-in screenings for future festivals or are you all eager to do what you normally do? You know, I, that's a good question. And, and we, we did pop-ups before. I mean, one thing that I love about us working out the, the stuff that we worked out this year, and that includes the pop-ups that we did at the, at the drive-in. I mean, excuse me, at the, at the summit, is that we have done pop-up drive-ins before. We've done pop-up drive-ins before because it's such a cool format, and it's something that I've been, that I, I've been really, really interested in, and something that I did even in college. I would just, uh, in undergraduate, I would just, you know, run a projector, and we'd, we'd throw a film on a wall somewhere. And so just that experience of that feeling of, of being outdoors and, and sort of embracing that you know, vintage feel of a drive-in is something I've wanted to do anyway. And we've had a film about drive-ins, so we did a pop-up drive-in with that. So I'm glad that we had gone through those exercises and just we had done those, you know, at, as a, almost as a gimmick or as, you know, something fun to do that felt different and unique. But we, I also, looking back now, realized that doing those really prepped us for this particular era that we're in. And so, you know, I, I definitely think we'll con- we'll do drive-ins in the future, even, you know, on, on the other side of the pandemic, when, when it's safe to be together in a room, I think we'll still want to do that from time to time. It presents unique opportunities, but it also presents a lot of challenges, <laughs> including, you know, you're just watching the weather, like, you, you know, just with a, with a, a very sharp eye and because that, you know, that's completely out of our control. Um, in addition to that, you know, you, you headlights and there's a, there's a, there's a lot of things that you're, that present challenges, but you know, again, at this moment in time to show as many films as we're showing, how there's no other way to do it. And the fact that there is this sort of really kind of cool, fun, I'm in my car, it's outdoors. It's, the weather's been pretty lovely for us, especially, you know, I think Monday or Tuesday, there was sort of a cool breeze and you're watching a film with that. So those kind of things, really experiential things, are part of the benefit. 
We'll be right back. So what about the filmmakers, Rachel? Sidewalk is obviously such a great opportunity to have their work seen and to network with festival organizers and each other. What's the response from the artists been like? You know, it's, it's, been, it's been overwhelmingly positive, really. Uh, we've had a lot of filmmakers who I think that that's a sort of two sides to that coin. The one is that they're really, really excited that their films are being screened the way they were meant to be screened. And that they're, that they're, you know, huge and they're big and that hasn't been happening for them because of the era. And so that's one side. And the other side is that a lot of them are really wanting to be here and don't feel like they can travel. And so it is a, like my film is being, you know, finally being screened in this big format the way it's supposed to be seen, but I can't be there. And so that, I know that part is kind of frustrating. And we do have a few filmmakers in town, but we've really been discouraging travel because as you are well aware, you know, our, the numbers in Alabama have not been good travel to and from the state is something we feel, you know, like it would be irresponsible of us to encourage that. And so we've been, you know, we've really not for the first time ever, we have not encouraged filmmakers to travel. Now there are a lot of, you know, there's Alabama filmmakers and regional filmmakers that are, that are able to come in very safely and, and, and they've been present. Um, and of course everybody's been, you know, really excited and happy about it because the alternative is just again to watch these things on a laptop and, uh, you know, that's generally speaking, that's not how films are made to be seen. Now, there are some that are that are, but and it'll be interesting to see what films come out of the pandemic, because I know a lot of people are really thinking about, you know, a different a different frame, so to speak, when it comes to, you know, watching stuff on a phone or what have you. But the vast majority of films are meant to be seen in a theatrical setting. So, of course, a lot of filmmakers are really embracing this. And, you know, it's unique because when you have something like South by Southwest Film Festival cancel, those films didn't premiere theatrically. A lot of those went went online. A lot of them, you know, had just been shelved. And so the normal festival life of a film was some of, you know, we that, that, that films would have premiered there and gone on to other festivals and had a big theatrical run before they went to VOD. And that's not happening. So filmmakers are ecstatic when we're able to put it on the screen. The cinema was really hitting a stride before the pandemic hit, and the programming was great, and the theater just seemed to be doing exactly what y'all intended, just in terms of giving Birmingham a vibrant alternative movie experience from the hearts and minds of movie lovers. How difficult was it to close and also lose that aspect of this year's film festival? You know, uh, I'm, I'm thank- first of all, thank you for saying that. Because I, I think that's a really great way of contextualizing the cinema. You know, we opened a movie theater. We opened a movie theater in Birmingham, downtown Birmingham. It's an indie movie theater. And all of those things are very unique. I mean, when was the last time there was a, a seven-day-a-week running movie theater in downtown Birmingham? And certainly when was there ever an indie one? And so catching a stride with programming a cinema that's really the, sort of a first-time thing, is it took a minute. And I'm proud of all the, the films that we screened. I'm proud of the program, programming that we're doing. And I do, I, I agree. I think we were hitting a place right before the pandemic where it just, it, it was making sense. And we were super happy with what we were screening and we were starting to get some really great titles. And I mean, just, you know, I miss it. We've now been closed almost as long as we were open. And so, you know, <clears throat> those things are really frustrating the night that we closed the cinema I mark is you know just one of the worst nights of my life <laughs> I mean 
you know, locking everything up and wiping everything down when we were planning on, you know, having film screenings. We, we closed during the, our Women in Film Week, and I was really excited about a lot of the things we're about to, you know, we were had only had two, three screenings of Portrait of a Lady on Fire, best film of the year. <laughs> so it was a, it was a, you know, that's a hard decision to make, and it's a harder one to close the doors and walk away. So, you know, all of those things are really tough. They're really tough, and um, and everybody's struggling with their own version of that but uh it's hard um it's hard not to be showing films there it's hard to work for 10 years to open a movie theater and then to close it six months later because of forces that are out of your control you know and and i'll tell you that right now we and i don't know how much i'm I'm sure the email's gone out so you know this is not a big secret but we sent an email to members actually just yesterday that we are going to be reopening for tenants we've offered the first chance to grab tickets to that to our members as we've promised our members, they'd have those opportunities, and we will be opening then beyond that, you know, to to a general public with the movie Tenet, and that's really our focus is to see how that goes. Um, we have put a lot of precautions in place. I mean, you name it. There's a long list of what we're doing to make sure everybody's safe, including being at not. I mean, we're not at 50% capacity. We're at we're at a very limited capacity in each house, and so we're gonna we're gonna do that and see how it goes. I'm excited for that, but you know, screening five weeks of Tenet, while I am, again, extremely excited about it, is not your normal programming that we would be doing. So this is going to be really interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see how the programming changes, how this impacts the cinema, and how long it'll take us to get back to that stride we were hitting before we closed. Well, and just to follow up, I mean, obviously, some of the larger theater chains like AMC, they've already reopened some theaters. And I just wonder, have y'all been watching that from afar? Have, has anyone from Sidewalk been to any of the Birmingham theaters just to sort of like see how that's going? What are y'all hearing or seeing from those reopenings that might inform what y'all do? Yeah, we've been watching like crazy. We're on the, uh, we're on the art house convergence. We're part of art house con- uh, convert. Uh, excuse, <clears throat> excuse me. We're part of the art house theater group. That's a national theater owners from across the, country we speak with our fellow festival organizers some of them own theaters as well or run theaters as well uh, and of course we've been watching amc and regal and, and all the big ones and what they're going to do and so that has definitely been something we've kept an eye on and we're not going to follow what they do i mean we're not going to just amc is open so we are we're going to definitely we have our own list of considerations but it, we definitely consider what they're doing and think about it and talk about it a lot and uh, of everybody on staff, I have actually been to an AMC theater. I went and saw Unhinged the first night it opened up. I went with my mask on. I was social distanced. And I observed everything they were doing. And, you know, I felt very comfortable being there. I, you know, felt okay about it. And I think we're going to be taking some additional precautions from what AMC is doing, uh, just because that's us. We're not a corporate entity. We're a nonprofit. So we'll be taking some additional precautions. But we definitely keep them in mind and keep in mind what, what all the theaters are doing across the country from corporate all the way down to, you know, the tiniest little, you know, small town cinema. Well, and I'm just curious, you went to a movie. I know it was like a Russell Crowe B movie thriller, but I mean, how did it, how did it feel to be back in a theater watching a movie? There's two answers to that. And the first is like, I mean, I, I, I would be lying if I, if I didn't admit that I, when the welcome back to the movies came on the screen that I cried. I mean, you know, that's just, that's just me, (laughs) you know, it's sort of, 
somebody who plays baseball and hadn't been on a baseball field in six months might, you know, feel the same way. I don't know. But I, I definitely like teared up a little bit and I, it just hit me in the face of just, man, this is, it's seeing a film in a theater is completely different than watching it on your freaking phone or watching it on your TV. I don't care. I've got a huge screen. I've got a projector and this, I mean, my priorities are really messed up in my financial life. I've got a good situation here, but it's not like going to the theater and watching a movie. So that experience was amazing. And I did, again, I felt like, you know, you don't make your drink and you don't make your soda anymore. They make it for you. Everybody's wearing a mask. They're really, really strict. Everybody who sat in the theater with me wore the mask the entire time. I mean, people, you know, people would eat popcorn or drink something and put the mask back on. Everybody was really respectful and very careful. And I think everybody's, I mean, that was my observation. The film itself it is the funniest film to have be the first film out the gate after the pandemic. I mean, it, it's just Russell Crowe just creating chaos and havoc, and it is intensely violent. And I mean, we, you know, I was laughing pretty hard inappropriately because of how brutal this thing is to be the first film that I've seen in the theater after the pandemic. In some ways, it was very apropos. Um, but yeah, it's it's a tough one. My last thing, Rachel. I know that you're still in the middle of festival week, so it might be difficult to forecast this now. And I know that y'all are going to, you know, come together by the end of this, reflect on it. But how do you see this changing the way that you run this festival and how others might run theirs? You know, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I think everything is so uncertain, and that that's a big part of what a lot of people are realizing during the pandemic is that we have to embrace the uncertainty of life. And that can be a really hard thing to get around. Um, but I've been training for that court for quite a while because part of being part of a nonprofit for as long as I have, you know, we, we've had some really interesting obstacles in our path. And so uncertainty is, is how we've always kind of operated. And I think that's part of why we're really good at navigating it. I mean, we make mistakes just like everybody else, but I think we're pretty darn good at navigating the uncertainty and, and taking hits and, 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 and with accepting things like, I, like when you ask that question, me saying, I don't know. I want to be open to how this will change programming. I want to be open to the fact that programming may need to be altered for a little while in order for us to survive. And it's just that dramatic. And that's the case for everybody. I mean, these, when people are looking right and left and restaurants are closing and, you know, stores are closing and heck, even big corporate entities are, are closing or filing bankruptcy. I mean, this is going to continue to happen. This has been a really tough year. It's survival programming is <laughs> different than programming that what you want, you know, or what you or what the community wants, even survival programming is different. And I think we're going to be in that survival mode for a little bit. Um, I do see another side to this. I do see, you know, a time when we're programming, you know, that we where we're able to revisit those things that we learned in the first six months of being open, and we're able to to get back to that stride that you mentioned. Uh, I do foresee that it is going to be really, really an interesting time because of, as you, I'm sure, are so aware, what's happening on the corporate level and what's happening with quote unquote Hollywood, and so those changes do affect all the way down. And so they're going to affect the big festivals. And when they affect the big festivals, it affects the little festivals. And, and that's the same with the theaters. You know, when you see whatever happens with AMC is going to impact every other theater chain or theater 
in operation in this country. And so, and, and, and part of what I'm getting at there is just what you've seen with this theatrical window where you're seeing, you know, a studio, an AMC, um, you know, contractually making decisions about, you know, the life of a film and the fact that, you know, what, you know, seven week run or whatever, and, and then it's going to go right to VOD and and that's not going to happen with every film, but that that's an opportunity that that, that could happen. That's, that's part of what's going to happen. It's like a five-week run, and then it can go to VOD. That changes things for programming, whether you're at the Regal or the AMC or whether you're at the Sidewalk Cinema. And so some of the things we have control of, but a lot of the things we don't. It brings me back around to that first answer I gave you, which is I don't know. But we're ready to take on whatever is presented in front of us. Rachel, thank you so much, and good luck to you, and good luck to Sidewalk. Thank you. I really appreciate it. If you or anyone you know is affected by coronavirus and want to share your story, please email bflanagan at al.com. That's B-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N at al.com. For all of our coverage on the outbreak and how it continues to impact Alabama, visit al.com slash coronavirus. If you like the show, please rate us and write a review. Thanks for listening.